This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and today we have a guest, Carly Mooney, who's going to tell us a little bit about the paranormal uh, phenomenon that has happened at her house. And she had a fantastic video of the entity interacting with her dog. So we're going to start off with that. And once we finish, we're going to move into a couple of articles and reviews that I've been saving. And we'll get to all of that right after these messages. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. Carly, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys doing? It is a a rainy day in Florida. So the good news is the last interview we did, we had about 15 bazillion gremlins trying to get it going. And your interview is going nice and smooth. So I always always (laughs) feel a little better. I'm like, wow. I even logged into Zoom at five o'clock because last time I logged in five minutes early and it took like 10 minutes for the thing. It was, it's crazy. But I I was, I was telling our producer, Mark, that's what happens when you work with the paranormal, right? So now I met you through Anita. I think it's a a barley. I don't, I've never said her last name out loud, but she has uh, her own podcast, which I've also been on in the basement at midnight. And, um, she had talked with you and even sent your video in that we'll be talking about shortly. And it, it got uh, cycled into uh, a nice YouTube montage of some of the scary videos that uh, people have found and sent in. So I really want to give a, a shout out to her and thank her for setting it up so that you and I could talk. But tell me a little bit about your background. So we're going to get to the video, but before you caught the the images, what have been going on in your house? So I've never been like 
a big believer in, you know, spirits and all of this stuff. My husband is huge into it. He's always had things like following him, him and his entire family have always had like entities around them. And when they would bring it up, I would be a little bit skeptical. So this thing that happened that I saw with my own two eyes freaked me out. And I became a believer in the paranormal. It only takes one. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And actually, that's really interesting, because usually in my experience, what we find is uh, the wife or the female partner tends to be the believer and the male is a skeptic. And so usually, uh, you know, you kind of find a lineage or a history of cases like that. So this is a really interesting one. So Mm -hmm. tell us what happened. So what was going on uh, when you captured this video? So we had like a little pet can set up in our living room because before COVID, my husband and I would both be out to work and my dog would be alone. We were able to like speak to her through it. And this all happens like right in the middle of the COVID, you know, lockdown. And my husband was sitting at the dining room table working from home. I was in another room doing laundry or something. And he was talking to one of his customers and he was just looking at Bella playing with her toy and he saw it literally get ripped out of her mouth and thrown across the room. Mind you, my dog is like nine years old. She's not rough in any means, especially when it comes to playing with her toys. She's very gentle with all her toys. So that was like out of the norm for her. So um, he pulled it up on the app that we have to control the camera. And that's where we saw the toy get ripped out of her mouth and thrown across the room. I walked out of my bedroom and my husband's face was pretty much just completely white. Like he literally saw a ghost. And I was like, what happened? And then we reviewed the video and saw that it was nuts. That is. And the dog wasn't harmed. Mm -mm. What's her name? Bella. And what kind of dog is she? She is a boxer bulldog mix. Oh, wow. And has anything like this happened since that time? So since then, we actually moved into our first house and our house happens to be pretty old, um, like World War II era. And when we first moved in, we would hear like stomping upstairs while we were downstairs and like we weren't able to sleep the first couple nights. So there's always been stuff happening around my husband ever since I've known him. (laughs) Do you have any idea who it might be? With the video that we caught, it actually happened on my husband's late father's birthday. He passed away that January Mm -hmm. um, before this all happened. So it might have been him. We were on Paranormal Caught on Camera and one of the uh, people that were talking about the video said when like ghosts or spirits seem like they're playful and everything, they actually end up being like a poltergeist or somewhat demonic. So uh, who knows? <laughs> it was terrifying. Wow. Uh, and, but again, the puppy was not harmed. Did your late father-in-law, did he play with the dog when he was? Uh, no. no? Um, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, that is wild. Yeah, <laughs> and you, didn't, you didn't track anything else to your your prior location. No, nope. Okay, 
Well, what I normally try to do, because I've been a paranormal investigator for 24 years, and I obviously have always had a soft spot for animals. So normally what I recommend, because they're actually being very good right now, what you are not hearing in the background is that I have six pugs and a puggle. So I have what's known as a pug grumble. And normally they are obnoxious. So I'm, I'm giving it time because sometimes they'll give me like 15 minutes lead time, and then they become like four-year-old children and all over the place. But I've always really wanted to protect them because I do have one that will on occasion go on cases with us. But I've always tried to keep the house as safe as possible because all I need is for, you know, a whole bunch of pugs to go neurotic because that's expensive, quite frankly. I mean, you know, that'll, that'll cost. And, uh, and ultimately, of course, I do want them to be happy. So I don't know if you've tried this or not, but sometimes just doing like a white light meditation, it's kind of the most generic thing, but it's very secular. But just this idea of you're channeling in this positive energy and you just kind of like imagine it being pushed through the house and pushing everything negative out. And then what sometimes people will do, and I have done this, is you actually have kind of like an imaginary shield that you kind of build around your house. So you push all this energy out and then it turns into kind of a wall and cements down and it's around your dwelling. And you, you kind of renew it every now and again. Uh, it's important to do. You can't, it's a, it's a ritual. It has to be. But I have found now my pugs have been doing some weird stuff lately and they do this almost every year. And it's, uh, they're late this year, actually. Normally March, April, and May, they will start, barking at something at the back door and I cannot figure out what it is. I've never <laughs> been able to figure out what it is. I wonder sometimes my father passed away and my mother lives next door to us. And so sometimes I wonder if it's him. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's outside. <laughs> I'm like, fine. You stay outside, the pugs stay inside, and we're all good. So, uh, you know, just kind of keep up that affirmation. But that is a really interesting video. It does look like the piece was kind of pulled forcefully from Stella and just kind of flung across the room, which is really odd. But I mean, what do you uh, do? Her name's Bella, by the way. <laughs> Bella, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but it it was it's a very dramatic video, and I would imagine yeah. the boxer mix, they're strong, very yeah, muscular, definitely. <laughs> uh, and she's not. I mean, she's. Um, we will say she is a mature lady, but uh, certainly. I mean, I've got a 16 year old pug, you know, that you could probably you know push over pretty easily. But nine, they're still pretty uh, pretty hale and hearty. Yeah, definitely. So, how long ago was the video taken? That was April of 2020. That is recent. Wow. Yeah, very. Okay. Well, do you have any advice for folks out there if they want to try to capture something on camera or any wrap-up thoughts that you want to add? Get yourself a pet cam, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, and in fact, I just got one myself. <laughs> so I have one in my art studio and yeah, I'm, I'm still working with it now. Uh, unfortunately, you have to leave it on. I have to keep the power up. I don't know. I just, my house is also a World War II uh, post-World War boom uh, house. And so it's a 47 and you know, you just, the electric here, I've had it upgraded, but sometimes That's I do. Know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if I want to leave this on, but okay. Well, I really, really want to thank you for taking the time, uh, particularly after work, to come and chat with us. Well, I hope you have a great and safe evening. Give Bella a hug and make sure that she has a strong toy and nobody yes. gets it. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much. And with that, we are going to move on to some commercials. And when we get back, I will uh, plug in a couple of things that I've saved for us. And I can finally get these off my counter. So we'll be right back after these messages. 
now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. For those fortunate to have experienced the deep bond and unconditional love of a companion animal, the death that follows can be one of the most difficult and misunderstood losses to go through. Many times, this devastating loss goes unrecognized and trivialized by family and friends, leaving grieving pet parents struggling to find healthy ways to cope with the loss. In And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal for healing the loss of a pet, Dr. Julianne Corbin calls attention to the difficulties unique to the loss of a beloved pet and provides an interactive and compassionate guide to help you process your loss and work towards coming to a place of peace and healing. For those interested in journal therapy and looking for a professionally written and compassionate resource to help understand and reconcile the grief associated with the loss of your pet, this book is for you. And I Love You Still, a thoughtful guide and remembrance journal by Julianne Corbin is now available for purchase on Amazon and other major book retailers. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. Oh, well, it has been, uh, it's been quite the summer. I have a couple more Paranormal Pet episodes I'm trying to put together. One does involve the spirits of St. Petersburg again, so you'll get to meet my gang. But this time we had a different canine companion. Marina brought her little girl because a couple members of the Spirits of St. Petersburg stayed two nights at a haunted bed and breakfast. And then some of us, because I'm stuck with the pugs, I can't, (laughs) I have a six hour window. That's all I get to be away from home. We would drive up. It was about an hour and 15 minute drive, but a nice rural part of Florida out in Brooksville. And we met for a day investigation. But uh, this place had a ghost dog, according to legend, and uh, the little visiting dog that uh, came with Marina also had some interactions. So we are going over all of our evidence next week. And so hopefully uh, we'll be able to kind of pull together, get a nice evening together and actually play some of the clips for you. Now that we've gone to kind of a new interview format, it works a lot better for things like that. And we do have some pretty good audio clips. So, but with that being said, this is an article that came out, oh, wow, in June. (laughs) I've been holding on to this since June. And apparently I wrote some notes to myself on it and... Oh, it's actually for our prior interview guest. (laughs) All right. Yay for me. But I thought this was kind of an interesting little article. And so uh, you get to kind of have a a book on tape right now. This is the Wall Street Journal, uh, June 26, 27, 2021 by Regina Hansen. And of course, I am a personal fan of sea creatures. As an artist, I make a bazillion mermaids and sea creatures. So I thought this was kind of interesting. And it references kind of a paranormal incident, or at least a very unusual one, when a lobster diver was actually swallowed by a whale in Cape Cod. So what a great way to start. 
Earlier this month, Cape Cod lobster diver Michael Packard made headlines around the world when he claimed to have been swallowed by a humpback whale and then spit back out. Though the story has its skeptics, its popularity reminds us of the continuing power of sea myths, which are as old as the art of storytelling. In particular, Mr. Packard's story echoes the biblical book of Jonah, who languished in the belly of a giant fish or whale for three days before being freed by God's command. So there are other sea monsters in the Bible as well. The prophet Isaiah refers to the Leviathan, the dragon that is in the sea, which Christian scripture associates with Satan. Christ's victory over Leviathan, and by extension over evil itself, is described in the book of Revelation. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan and bound him by a thousand years. The connection of sea monsters with apocalyptic events is also reflected in Norse mythology and the figure of Jorgenmander. Oh, I guess I got it right. Penelope responded. Jorgenmander, the serpent that inhabits Midgard, the ocean that circles the human world. When, <laughs> sit down Penelope, I know it's exciting. When Roanoke, the Norse apocalypse arrives, Jorgenmander will uncoil itself for a final battle with the god Thor. Yes, so all of you Marvel fans, uh, just keep an eye out for that one. Other sea monster tales are less cosmic and more practical, acting as a warning to sailors or to people who tarry too close to the sea. The Japanese Ombozu are spirits that appear when the sea is calm, quickly turning it wild and stormy. They are depicted with large round heads and wide smiles, and their name, which means sea monk or sea priest, has given rise to the idea that they are the ghosts of drowned priests. Boy, this thing has a lot of fun names. The Qualopalic of Inuit lore is an ugly green-skinned creature whose hum beckons children towards the water's edge where they will be dragged beneath the waves. The story may have been used to keep children away from the water or off the ice. Many cultures tell stories of sea creatures with human characteristics who lead people to sorrow and death. The Irish Selkie, or seal woman, was said to occasionally shed her skin and come ashore. If a man could find and hide the Selkie's skin, he might claim her as his bride. She would live with him as a devoted wife and mother, but should she find her skin, she would return immediately to the sea, leaving her human family behind. The siren of Greek myth was deadlier. Part woman and part bird, her song lured sailors to leap into the sea and crash their ships onto the shore. The Akusi? A Scottish water spirit can take on the form of a handsome man. Ooh, I might not mind seeing one of those. And unfortunately, sometimes also transformed into a beautiful horse, uh, not as exciting or attractive, that lures people onto its back before galloping into the sea. Mammy Wada, who appears in many African traditions, is a more benevolent figure associated with good luck and wealth, although like the sea itself, she can be both seductive and dangerous. Sometimes she appears in the form of the traditional mermaid with the fishtail and human face and torso, while elsewhere she is depicted as a snake actually is a snake charmer. The name Mammy Wada likely derives from the English Mother Water, and according to the recent exhibition at the Smithsonian National Museum of African Art, the development of her mythology coincides with the beginning of the slave trade in the 15th century and the spread of the African diaspora across the Atlantic, especially to Haiti, the Dominican Republic, and Brazil. Her myth incorporates elements of Christianity, Hinduism, and the stories of water spirits from West African cultures, such as the Igbo of Nigeria. 
While many sea myths involve more or less humanoid beings, others seem to reflect the appearance and behavior of the actual ocean creatures. In 1493, Christopher Columbus wrote on encountering mermaids near the present-day Dominican Republic, which are now believed to have been manatees. The huge and many-tentacled kraken of Scandinavia myth bears a strong resemblance to the giant squid, which was also the main antagonist in Jewel Burns. 1871 classic, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, giant squids themselves have an almost mythical aura because of their elusiveness. They have never been photographed in the wild until 2004, when Japanese scientists finally managed to capture an image. It remains to be seen whether the ninjin of modern Japanese folklore also has basis in reality. The ninjin, literally human, are long, white, and featureless human uh, humanoid creatures that have been supposedly sighted in the waters around Antarctica. These reports are sometimes accompanied by photos that, in their blurriness, recall the snapshots used as evidence of the Loch Ness Monster. Actual sea creatures can take on an aura of myth because of their size and rarity, or simply how long they have been swimming the globe. The blue whale, the largest animal that has ever lived, is rarely witnessed, and since the creature is considered endangered, each sighting is an occasion for celebration. And they, they really are. They're massive. I can only imagine seeing one in person. Sharks have been around for 450 million years, long before human beings came along. They inspired primal fear. Still best expressed in Steven Spielberg's 1975 film Jaws, but also a strange devotion with its Discovery Channel Shark Week programming, which draws millions of viewers and becomes part of the American cultural lexicon. The edge of medieval and of Renaissance maps were often decorated with sea monsters and merpeople to represent the unknown that lay beyond the marine horizon. While no extant history maps actually include the Latin words, Hicksunt dracones, here be dragons. They are inscribed on the Huntley Nope Globe, made in 1504 and now owned by the New York Public Library. The phrase has entered the popular imagination as a symbol of the dangers of the unknown. Other continuing fascination with sea myths reveal our continued need to touch a mystery that these creatures represent, as well as our understanding of their vulnerability. As temperatures rise and the oceans change, our fate has become linked to that of our terrible but beloved sea monsters, our squids and whales and sharks. Our challenge will be not to let them fade into myth. So I thought that was actually a, a very well done article, very inclusive of multiple cultures around the world. So the other little item that I have, and this is great because this can finally go to the Paranormal Little Library, is that I read a, an older book by Linda S. Godfrey, who I think is known for Monster Quest and such similar series. Uh, this was called Real Wolfmen, True Encounters in Modern America. And the book actually describes... Wolfmen encounters, humanoid dog-like creatures that aren't quite werewolves. They are basically more like wolf with anthropomorphic features. They're able to stand up. Uh, they create a psychological sense of terror, and they are sighted, a lot of them in Wisconsin, it turns out. If you ever have the opportunity to read the book, and as I said, it's a bit older, it was sent to me for the Paranormal Little Library, and it took me, this actually took me a year to read, not because I'm a slow reader, but just because it was 
it just wasn't the most intriguing book. I, I'm not sure how to explain that beyond that. It was just kind of thick. And I really thought I'd tear through this book. And I just kind of found I, I just had to keep putting it down. I would just take it a chapter at a time. And I, I am very surprised at that. Uh, normally for something like this, you know, it's a three-day thing. I'll read it on the exercise bike and off we go. But if you have the opportunity and if there is a desire, I will probably go into this book a little bit more. I did try to invite Miss Godfrey onto Paranormal Pets, but I'm sad to say I haven't heard her response yet. So anyway, we are actually going to pause here because as you can hear from the scratching on the door, my presence is required. Uh, however, I do want to remind everybody, if you are interested, the Spirits of St. Petersburg is putting on the world's largest ghost hunt, September 25th of 2021 at the Suntan Art Center. We do have tickets for sale. It is a three-hour event. Tickets are $30, and we are splitting the proceeds directly with the Suntan Art Center, which is a 501c3. And you can find details on that on our website, which is www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com. Otherwise, please continue to support your rescues. I do know that the sad story about pets being adopted during the first wave of the pandemic are now being returned. And I, I don't know, I don't understand that. I don't understand human nature, which I guess is why I work with the dead and lots of animals and naughty, naughty pugs who are being very naughty even now. So please adopt. Please try to support these shelters because they take in the influx of animals once again. And in the meantime, I hope that everybody out there is having a fantabulous almost Halloween season, and that you all have some good, happy hauntings. Take care. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>